1: It's Flames Nation Radio, Ryan and Shane back with you. We were off last week because uh our dear friend, uh Mark Prince Princey, uh has never had a vacation pretty much since he started producing the hundreds of thousands of things we had him doing. And uh the chain that kept him chained in our studio broke and he escaped. And thankfully he did lovely things while he was escaped, and now he's back. And now we're back. So Princey, we're glad you got a chance to have a, a week off because you deserve it, buddy. And for everyone else, we're back too. So you got a you got a week long reprieve from us. Uh as always, we're delivered to you by DoorDash and also presented by Eau Claire Distillery, the makers of Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. Shane, I feel like we haven't talked in a while. Uh it's been like two weeks. <laughs> it's been it's been two weeks, and the Calgary Flames have played seven games. If you're, if you're if folks in the last 14 days, yet yeah, seven games to the flames, including, uh, the entirety of a six game road trip, uh, where the flames played in warm climates. They they were in flip-flops and shorts weather down in Florida. They went to scenic Pennsylvania for a pair of games. They went to Washington DC, and then they went down to barbecue country rally, North Carolina. And then they came home and played Matthew Kachuk. Shane, that's, let's say, I would say it'd be fair to, to bin the last seven games of hockey as mixed results. Uh, I'll run through the, I'll run through the, the scores very quickly. So they had a 4 1 loss in Tampa Bay where I thought they played pretty well. They were in the game. They didn't got, was, the, the,
2: if I recall, it was pretty close the whole time. And then Tampa and, pulled the end.
1: and that's, that's what good yeah. teams do. It was, it was a close game where the flames made too many mistakes. Uh, the, the Florida game. who that was a good, that was just a good hockey game. It was uh, back and forth, back and forth, dramatic, big goals, big swings, uh five, four shootout. win. Jonathan Huberto scores a shootout goal in his return to South Florida, uh, and uh the and game winning goal, of the shootout was scored by Rasmus Anderson of all people. Because if you're thinking who's gonna score a shootout winner on a team that includes you know Michael Backlund, Huberdo, uh you know, a few uh, Adam Rosiska has scored. From, yeah,
2: like
1: all, all the all the you know mangiapani Dubé, all the guys who who are have had offensive success at the National Hockey League level and at, at lower levels too, and in international competitions, whatever. Rasmus Anderson is not the guy I think of, but he made a really good move. He basically, you know, froze the goalie and went around him. And Spencer Knight was like, oh, what the hell is that? So, I mean, it was a good play. So they that was a game that they were in the whole time, and they found a way to win. Uh, they played against Philadelphia the following game. Uh, Billy was wins.
2: playing their American Hockey League lineup.
1: Philadelphia, bless their hearts, hurting. the their... I I would say there's probably a handful of teams that are as beaten up as Philadelphia Anaheim is one of them. Um, Maybe Arizona. There's a lot of teams that you look at the, you look at the names on the injured list and you sort of wince. You go.
2: Yeah. They're they were missing um, very easily. I think it was seven forwards and we're not even talking about Ryan Ellis because he's out for the year. They were were missing that entire like list of people out could have easily made the top six for them, like a top six. So and, I was like, my and that, was the point, of that was, that was a must win. You can't lose that game.
1: And yeah, it was a game. The Flames should have won and, and they, they it was, don't. it was probably closer than it needed to be because of some defensive miscues and, uh, you know, some puck handling miscues in their own end, but they, they won five to two off a pair of empty net goals and then three non empty net goals. So they, they deserve to win. I'm sure, uh, the, you know, the, the hockey viz, I think it's hockey viz, but they deserved to win a meter.
2: No, that's uh, Money Puck. Money Puck. Moneypuck.com does the There's too many
1: this people game. doing good things. I've thought, uh, I,
2: I pay them all. So Money they, they, Pucks they, deserve
1: they, to win a meter was probably fairly close to like way over on the flame side. And yeah. hockey is, well, we'll get into this when we talk about uh, the best of the day. Hockey is weird. Hockey is a game where, you know, if the entire team is playing well, but the goalie sucks, you can lose. And if the entire team is playing poorly and the goalie's really good, you have a chance to win. And the flame is played pretty well and philly's goalie did his level best to hold them in and then the flames found a way to win that game uh they then against pittsburgh they lost two one in a shootout it was the game it was a game where the the flames oh, threw dan the, the flames put dan vildar in, and remember how i mentioned they deserved to win a meter this is a game where the flames were kind of on their heels for big stretches of it and dan vildar did dan vildar things and kept them in and the flames you know, found a way to not win in over in the shootout. It was the game uh, the the Pittsburgh Penguins were commemorating Evgeny Malkin's one thousand. So trying game. to say one thousandth is a hard yeah. phrasing to say. One thousandth game in the National Hockey League. He they they were basically he played the the thousandth game the game before this was game one thousand one, and Evgeny Malkin gets a beautiful ceremony. It was really well done. Pittsburgh is very good at ceremonies because they're a classy organization, and. Then he scored the shootout winner. So, I mean, that's the kind of it game where you're, you're like, the star. yeah,
2: they were and poetic was, in a sense.
1: It was the type of game where both goalies played well and kept their team in, and they were waiting for a star player or a, a difference maker of some kind to be a difference maker. And Evgeny Malcolm was the difference maker. So that's the kind of game you lose. You go, eh, fourth game of a road trip, got a win or you got a point in a tough building against a, a team that is still pretty damn good. Yeah, I don't really feel, like, feel and, too
2: bad about that. And then you're two one and one so far on the road trip. It's not like you're, it's respectable. you're bad. It's and, respectable. and you're like, all right, we get one more boys and, and then played end all right.
1: And then so the, the Pittsburgh game was the first game of basically a three and a half or three games in three and a half days, because uh, they played that game on a Wednesday night. Then right. they flew to Washington, DC. They played an afternoon game, I believe it was two o'clock local noon Calgary time. Yep. against the Washington Capitals. They lost 3-0. It was a game where the Flames just they generated a bunch, but Washington was a little bit faster and a little bit better and a little bit fresher. And so the Flames just – there was no difference makers in that game for the Flames. No one played poorly, but no one played exceptionally no one, well.
2: No one stood out to get that goal. Like, like that's That's why fans are so – like irate right now is there's no one that stands up and above in games like that. Like no
1: that th- it was, it was the type of game where if you look at the game scores, you look at the stats and we'll, we'll talk about this with the Carolina game. Also, they we'll, might as well lump Carolina in another afternoon game the day before day after Uh it was a, a two o'clock start in Calgary time, four o'clock local start flames lost three to two. Uh If you look at the sc- if you look at the score line for both that game and the Washington game, the consensus would be, they were fine. Like, the flames get their brakes beaten off in either game. No, they were they were in the, each game. The other team was a little better, playing at home, and they had a little bit. You know, the difference between those two games was Carolina and Washington's stars. Their difference makers were difference makers, and the Flames' difference makers were fine, but they weren't I, difference makers.
2: I give them a bit of a pass on the Carolina game, but because it's it, it, two two things. One, it's the sixth game of a six game road trip. Uh, also, the only one that you played back to back um the two worst Car- Car- by carolina, carolina was also playing back-to-back yeah carolina also played a back-to-back so it was two and i think they carolina was also season.
1: playing their third and four
2: yeah so I, that's why i said it's limited flack i'm like there is those caveats but the carolina has it as well only one team has dummied the flames twice this year so far uh to the point of like terrible terrible metrics and that was carolina like 35 40 percent possession uh 35 percent of the chances like all other games, Calgary's been in the forty-five I, and plus and range,
1: I, and I think if you're the if you're the Flames coaching staff, I think you look at that and you go, "Okay, well, one, Carolina is real good, so that's one thing." Mm-hmm. But I I think these are the types of games where you know Daryl Sutter, when we spoke to him uh, after practice on Monday, he mentioned you know I, I asked him about what he thought about the team's performance on a whole on the road trip, and he was generally very positive, and he was just like, "There's some when you get to the end of a road trip." you your execution starts going away because mm-hmm. you're just sort of you're working you're not like you're not like yeah we're gonna like if you if you look at sort of the i'd say the energy levels and sort of the i'm not gonna say engagement because that's sort of that's you know i i think they were engaged in every game you know especially that tampa you know it's easy to get up for tampa because holy cow it's tampa three
2: yeah back-to-back back. like a finals like regardless that's Regardless a measuring of the stick. Game. One, they're still you, champ tier, right?
1: Yeah, like you, you, you know, you you look at Tampa Bay as a team that you you think you're gonna have to beat to win a Stanley Cup. So it's easy to get up for that game. I was I put Florida in the same. In, in addition to the the emotionality of Kachuk, Weger, Huberdeau, it's easy to get up for those games. And then you get into oh, you're playing, you know, you're playing Philadelphia, and you know, like there's no real emotional attachment to the Philadelphia Flyers. Bless their hearts. And you know they were just—it's like oh, you, you enter that game as this is a game you got to find a way to win because the Flyers aren't very good, and then you play Pittsburgh and F- F- Pittsburgh has the extra emotionality of the Malkin thing, which probably gave them a bit more energy. They were pretty good early in the game, but then the Flames—you know—Flames hung in there. But for Washington, not a lot of emotionality in that game, especially game yeah. with a road trip. Same with Carolina where, you know, you have some guys, you know, like you know, I, I think the sting is, has come out a bit for Hannafin and Anderson or Hannafin and, uh, and Lindholm going back to Carolina. I don't think it's quite they don't have quite the it's, you want to show you you're dumb for trading us thing as it was early.
2: It's yeah, not I like home doing this after the game anymore, right? Like it's yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's he's a flame now. It's, it's
1: game six of a road trip, and they were the right guys were in the right places doing the right things. They just they just couldn't. They just didn't have that extra little bit in the didn't tank. Have
2: that extra goal. Just 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 not enough work or whatever like it just didn't work out that they find the extra goal like their shooting percentage has been a little low i still think there's going to be a reckoning they uh that kind of happened with sergey Bobrovsky and the last thing we're going to talk about yeah the two the
1: the 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 tuesday night game uh the Cowboy flames hosted the florida panthers and won six to two the flames scored four goals at even strength one on the penalty kill one on the power play they outscored tampa bay or they outscored florida in every game situation and they got a lead 305 in and led the last by three. one or more goals for 50 like what 55 minutes or 58 minutes of the game or 56 minutes of the game something like, yeah, like that
2: like like 4-2 for 55 minutes and then very clearly the Florida Panthers just felt like they were like cake okay. like like they're like nothing they, where they were again and they fell asleep and scheduled then two win two on one city it was two on one city. they were in Edmonton the night before right and uh, and yeah they, they
1: they're I believe Florida uh, I talked to some folks who work for the Panthers I think it was like their their third game in four nights with mm-hmm. travel uh they were this is the beginning of a road trip they don't have Sasha Barkov due to an illness uh they're playing a back-to-back after you know the wheels fell off of them late in the game against Edmonton where they you know they found a way to lose to Edmonton oh, over time yeah, they were up uh, early spoiler oh, yeah. uh if you let Connor McDavid do Connor McDavid things, we'll probably lose the hockey game. But Believe like, it's us. also we, we know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's also, yeah, poor. Imagine Matthew Katriek probably had flashbacks the 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 game seven or the, the game oh, five over time, didn't he? You no. Know? But yeah, it's it's that'll happen. But the, the Panthers looked not too sharp early. The Flames capitalized. The Panthers had a bit of a push to try to get back into it. The Flames kept scoring that next goal to keep yeah. them from getting back into it. And then in the third period, there was, you know, a, a nice, a nice pass from, uh, from Weger to, to Foley to spring Huberto for a breakaway that they didn't and score on. And then Huberto the
2: from Jonathan Huberto after he got stopped, he never, yeah, it, on it the was, puck.
1: it was essentially a one-on-two.
2: Yeah. It was one on two and the puck. He, just, he digs it out, digs it out. And then instead of going to the guy that's right there and hat is covered, he sees Toffoli coming in from the top and just puts it into empty space. Like yeah. He just puts and it when, in an area where there's nobody and lets and I, I walk in. And I don't slap. know if
1: he intended to put it, I don't know if he intended for it to be a stick to stick pass, but he, he just, he, even if you even if you didn't get everything you could on that pass, it was a little bit soft. You got it in the right areas. And and it's good a prime things happen.
2: Score. Like that's where Lindholm scored 20 of his 40 last year. Like that's that's the spot. That's, that's you, where
1: guys, a lot of guys who score a lot of goals, do their business in between the hash cool. marks
2: especially because the goalies can't cheat off the post when the puck goes from behind the net, like they've got to hug their posts. So you're not getting a crap, crap goal banked in. It just leaves a lot of extra space on the far side of the net. So to Foley, be able to pick that up as a right-hand shot.
1: As, as, as a already, you, you, can e- you can either go short side and look for some daylight and sometimes there's daylight and sometimes there's not, or you can try to that go far.
2: A special, but Foley went far out and heck that was, that was good. That was yeah. when you could click the checkbox and you're like, all right, they're going to escape. This should be okay.
1: Yeah, so it was, you know, in the, in the, that was. Over the, the they past... still
2: have more of a shooting percentage reckoning coming. Like they, I think they, so. They, over they, over. They, there's the average is eight to eleven, and their their like, Huberto's on ice shooting percentage was only like five point five when I checked before the Florida game. So he's got a huge reckoning coming. Like there's more offense coming. It's the law of averages. It'll happen, and uh, like, that's like a little bit of a losing skid. Like they're they're above five hundred still. I'm not worried. I'm yeah. not, and over. and
1: over over the past seven games, they're three, three, and one. If you look at the games they won, they deserved to win those games. If you look at the games they lost, they probably could have gotten a better outcome in all four of the oh, games yeah. they lost. Yeah. You know, they were they're all very close. Uh, and if you look at the 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 why they lose a meter, I mean, uh, Tampa, good team, Flames just sort of made mistakes at poor times, but generally played well. Washington, uh, you know washington carolina i think are both basically versions of the same game where they just did not have a lot left in the tank and they needed one or two guys to be difference makers outside of dan vladar and it didn't really happen for them
2: and and let's let's just i'm gonna put this month into perspective for fans as well the the games calgary lost on road were to perennial playoff performer boston previous two-time stanley cup champ tampa uh the Crosby Malkin combo of Pittsburgh, the Alexander Ovechkin in Washington, and Carolina, who we d- we just talked about as being a top contender, they lost they lost five games against playoff surefire playoff teams that have been playoff teams for years. Like it's and, not like they're out here losing to Arizona. And they won and they Chicago. won both games
1: against a pretty good. Florida team so like
2: yeah like look like just look at how difficult their schedule has been like like they ended up beating Winnipeg Winnipeg's got to might end up winning their division like they're they're playing really well under Bonas. they just thwomped the Colorado Avalanche uh, you know the, the only real game that I look at and I'm like okay you, you should have done better is like the Nashville game and, but ever since then like it's never been truly terrible at all they've always found a way to rise up and play a decent amount of hockey or come back other than when is dummying them. But they, they haven't lost a game they should lose. They, they, they're not losing to the bottom-end teams. They haven't played them yet. All these other teams... They haven't played a lot of Western records. Conference teams at all this No. And, then, and, they, but the, and even then, the Western Conference teams they're playing are good Western Conference teams. They played the Colorados, the Edmontons, the LA... Vegas. Vegas. Like, like they haven't played the lower half of the league yet, and they're above 500. So like I just want to make sure everyone... Knows that. They're 10, 9, and 3, right?
1: Yep. Well, yeah. Let's uh, let's, do- nope. let's dive into the next segment. Player Spotlight. And I think this is one that uh, we'll have some fun with. Uh, so let's talk about Milan Lucic. Uh, Milan Lucic, he is uh, one of the older members of the Flames. He's on the final year of a deal that pays him $6 million against the salary cap. $750,000 of that is covered by friends of the North, the Edmonton Oilers. So he carries a five point two five million dollar cap hit for the Flames. Uh, Milan Lucic is a left wing. He plays on the Flames' fourth line. He used to be on the power play on the second unit. He's been rotated off uh, the Flames' Ruzichka. power play right now. Is Ruzicka, Majapani, Backlund, and the usually they they have either two of the following three defensemen. It's either it's some combination of Zadorov, Stone, and Noah Hannafin. At the point they do a, a traditional three forward, two defenseman second unit because I don't know
2: they feel like they should, and it's, it's I like Daryl. always well. done that though. Daryl's always done that with the, uh, with with the lead especially. I,
1: you know, I would, I would argue. I don't know if they have the forward personnel to do a four forward one defenseman second unit and then have a good bump up unit for the for the shift afterwards so Mm -hmm. uh lucic yeah he's not playing on the power play anymore uh he might go he might be back in the power play at some point but uh you know he started the season on the second unit he is no longer in the second unit part of it was i think the second unit just wasn't producing a lot to start the year the the first unit was carrying the mail and the second unit was doing some good things but not scoring and so they shuffled it up uh especially with adam rizicca you know getting on a bit of an offensive heater it makes sense to give him more puck touches and because you only have so many spots for left shot guys someone had to go uh so it was lucic was basically the guy that was the odd man out uh milan lucic he had a really good october i you know pat pat and i on Flames talk had a few a few discussions i think right around actually and actually here this will show you how fan sentiment has changed over the last five to six weeks uh when dan bladar signed his two-year contract extension pat and i had a lengthy conversation on flames talk and we discussed you know my conclusion both on twitter and on radio was well i guess brad true living's done his work for the offseason already like the t- the big pieces of work to do for the 2023 offseason was essentially just oh well what are they going to do with dan bladar? and the answer was they want to keep dan bladar, so they re-signed him and my conclusion was, well, I guess they're done then. And people jumped into my mentions. People jumped into the text line on Fan Nine Sixty, going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, Ryan, what about Milan Lucic?" And at the at that point, it was not a controversial statement to say maybe the Flames no. should keep Milan Lucic. And at this point, I'm not. I, here's here's where I am on Milan Lucic. I'll 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 do my rant first, Shannon, and then you can do yours. I am not ready to conclude that Milan Lucic is done and dusted, washed up or whatever. I, I still think he's he plays with a lot of energy when he's on his game. He's the most noticeable and potentially impactful physical presence they have because – I don't think you want Nikita Zadorov being your cop for lack of a better term. Uh, and Milan Lucic, when he's on his game, he has that vision. He can distribute the puck really well. He has that shot when he gets opportunities to get that shot off. He can put it, you know, on a dime. He's, he you know, he had the, you know, what he called the power five, where he just sort of, you know, blasted guys five hole and scored a bunch of goals in close. And he has the kind of frame where if you're looking at uh, the heat maps on various websites, uh, Natural Stat Tricks are site of choice. We love you, Natural Stat Trick. Please give their money. Please give your money to their Patreon if you have the means to do so. Uh, but if you look at the heat maps, the Flames one of the reasons one of the challenges they have. They're a great shot volume team. They get shots all all over the place. One of the areas where it's tough for them to get a lot of shots is the uh, the home play area, especially right around this right around the crease, because the the so called high rent district. Because it's tough to get in there. You know who can get in there? Really easily, and he's tough to move. Milan Lucic. So I think Milan Lucic, when he's on his game, can be really valuable, but there's a lot of mileage on him, and he's older. Those are basically the same point, but I feel like I I need to say them differently because a lot of mileage just means that he's the style of play he has. He crashes. He bangs. He's like a, a wrecking ball. Uh, I can't imagine being his size and getting your getting your legs going as easy on any of your joints. I know it's not easy on mine, and I, I, I'm just out of shape. Uh, so I, I mean, has Milan Lucic's performance dipped recently? I think I don't think you can debate that it hasn't. Is he bad enough to say, okay, move over, Kevin Rooney? You have a new roommate in the press box full time. I don't think so. I, I still think, based on who he is, what he means to the club on and off the ice, uh, and the various things that he can bring to the table, I don't think you need to throw the in the towel and be like, we're done with Milan Lucic. But I also don't, I'm also not entirely sure he needs to be an everyday player right now. What do you think, Shane?
2: I think, um, a lot of people love to criticize him and it's a polarizing thing. Contract versus time usage. Of course, it's the, it's age old adage. Uh, he's also 34, I believe. Um, but no one ever, everyone just says he's not playing good and no one ever points any specifics out. And so I'm going to point one specific out that I've noticed he's had trouble doing and it's getting the possession of the puck on the forecheck. He used to get in crash bang and then throw the puck up the boards For either the winger and if the winger was pressured he'd let it go back to the defenseman and they'd establish possession and and that's part of one of the reasons why Brett Ritchie's numbers possession numbers are also so good because both of those guys were playing the same thing that's not working this year teams know what they're going to do there's no surprise element there's no Johnny Gaudreau carrying the puck in anymore to make the defenseman have to you know want to pinch up They've lost a bit of that, and they're not the zone entries aren't as effective on the upper end of the lineup, and it's affecting Milan Lucic and how he plays at the lower end of the lineup. And that's not his fault, but it is a reality of the situation. I'm with you completely. I don't think he needs to be playing every day. I think he's going to be more fresh, especially if you give him one night's off back to backs. But eventually, tangible production needs to be come in. You can't play 81 straight games and not have a goal scored off your stick in the NHL you you can't uh, you, you need at that point cycle in take a day off just 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 not because we don't like you just because you're a veteran and you've earned it and you you're not catching phil kessel's iron man streak so what's the problem with the day off and
1: and i would i would argue like we we've talked about this i've talked about this with pat on flames talk i've talked with you about this in this space the purpose of the 82 game regular season for the calgary flames is one, to qualify for the Stanley Cup playoffs, and two, to make sure they have the team playing their goddamn best in that last two-week period leading into the Stanley Cup playoffs so they can hit the ground running. Like, do you want them to be battle-ready and battle-tested? I I think Milan Lucic is going to be an important part of the team if slash when they make the playoffs. And he's I think he's the type of guy that in a seven game series, you're gonna need him. He might not play all seven games, he might only be the guy you bring in, you're like, Oh, so and so is banged up, we're gonna throw in Lucic on the fourth line, and he'll just wreck some guys up for for 10 minutes and then he'll go back out when the other guy's ready. Like I think he might be, you know, you're at some you know, he but if he if he plays and he's able to perform well it, at the, the things the club wants him to do. I think you can keep him in the lineup more often than not. But I think he's a guy that, you know, in order to, in order for him to maximize effectiveness, I think having him be a guy that at some point moves in and out of the lineup is something they need to look at at some point. Um, um, before
2: before we move on on that, I'm just going to throw some metrics out. I'm on Evolving Hockey right now, looking at the Flames team so far.
1: Shout out to the Twins.
2: Love the Twins, baby. Um, expected goals ratio of players that have played 10 or more games. Very clearly, the bottom player Milan Lucic at forty three point six uh, six percent. Next highest is Brett Ritchie forty five point six three, and then it's the Hannafin Anderson pairing at forty seven. So he it, in this range, because it's a it's a conglomeration of all the games smashed together, being six percent below replacement level is 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 terrible. Yeah, that's expected goals. A lot of people don't like expected goals, so let's refer to actual goals. Lowest on the team, have played ten games or more. It's Milan Lucic at thirty-seven point oh nine percent. So both in the creation of quality of opportunities and the actual yeah. finishing and, off of opportunities. And, and
1: the the thirty the the, the the percentage difference is a little is basically that's the like, the, the luck factor. 40,
2: Forty-six and forty-seven still acceptable. That's going to happen. You're going to play good teams. That doesn't mean you should be out of the league. Forty-three and thirty-seven percent of the goal share when you're on the ice. That's that's like some some if a of that is If that were that a is, kid, he'd be in the minors. If that were a kid. Some of that is that
1: the goaltending because the goaltending has been great, but just the, the Well, yeah, know, his on ice
2: save percentage is only eighty eight point eight eight, which is also
1: not very the good. But their the shooting team. percentage is also not particularly great either.
2: Lucic's is six point three nine, and like I said, the average is eight to eleven. Like yeah. that's the range. So we,
1: when you know he's there, as you mentioned, we were talking about uh, the recent results. They're due for a shooting percentage heater and i think that's going to be something that impacts everyone including like i i think here's where i'm at so if you look at the the four man group who formed the sort of the fourth line crew uh kevin rooney was easily the the guy who stood out as not fitting
2: he would he needed to run the middle of the ice and run run the play up and down and he wasn't doing it to the standard that you needed to do it um yeah, especially and, when you and, roll especially when you roll your lines and, and, and not line matching that's, it's very it's, important
1: if if you're looking at how the fourth line the four-man four, fourth line crew goes. Trevor Lewis can play center. He can play wing, and he's on your penalty kill. And the, when he's on the penalty kill, they perform fairly well. So you you can't take Trevor Lewis out. Nor do I think you'd really want to. Um, he's been fine, right, Richie? Just finds ways to score goals. He he scored a, a surprisingly nice goal against Florida, one that Sergei Bobrovsky definitely wants back. But it was yeah. a it was a workmanlike goal, it was a fourth line goal where you know he Spotted on that man. He recovered a, he recovered a puck that uh, was that was shot wide, and then he just battled it. he out battled Gustav Forsling to get a shot on net. So that's that's the kind of thing where you're like, man, your fourth line made them work their asses off and scored a goal. And Richie has been the most consistent non top top six player even to get to those areas and score those types of goals. So you don't want to do anything with Britchie. So those two guys are basically cemented in. Uh, Kevin Rooney, we already mentioned he's we can we'll debate, we'll litigate the Kevin Rooney contract later, but the gist of it is just Kevin Rooney just hasn't clicked. Maybe he will later. He's he's played in a lot of different systems, and he's definitely a smart guy. He's a good hockey player. But you know, plenty of good hockey players just don't click with teams right away. We we well, saw one named Jonathan Huberdeau. Uh, and then- well, I just he think of uh,
2: Ryan Carpenter last year, right? Like we brought in a far guy so good. who had tremendous metrics and was supposed to be a defensive thing, and he just didn't – he never even found a way in the lineup. Some, the some, he played, so.
1: Sometimes things just don't work. Uh, yeah. How many times have like, you know, Shane, before you and I met our respective partners, how many times did you go on a date and you're like, that person is perfectly nice. Didn't really click. We didn't really click. Like there's plenty. Of, like, it's just it's just one of those things like human chemistry, both in hockey and in non hockey parts of our lives. It's just a thing that happens. And it's nobody's fault. And like, that's why if, if you were if you're a little bit nervous, you heard the Flames sign Kevin Rooney for two years. And you're like, two years. I've never heard of this guy. One, there's an Eastern Conference. Please watch some games. The games are usually pretty good and they're on early. Uh two, Kevin Rooney was a, a depth player for a couple Eastern Conference teams and he's pretty decent at it. And I could totally see in a vacuum if they kept the entirety of the of the rest of the of that hockey club together, that you go, I'm gonna target Kevin Rooney because you know he's a good center. One, especially works out. on road
2: trips, the other thing on road trips is we don't get like if a team wants to line match against the fourth line, they can, or right? you yeah. don't get, you don't get, they don't get that at home and you can get them away from them a little bit, which I don't, we, they don't like to do. They like to use all four lines as the phrasing they've used, but fourth line has not been up to par as a unit collectively in terms of defensive coverage. So they and and, and, to, think- to the credit of the coaches, they have limited their ice time the last I games. I think it's some of that is
1: also, I think some of that is also, if you look at the way the Flames use their lines, traditionally, uh, Anderson and Hannafin face the top top of th- opposition and they'll play with the top six. Usually, usually the first line, a little bit of the second line. Uh, the second p- line, the second pairing, which is, recently been more of uh of uh, Actually it has been no, Tanev and Uyghur Tanef and Uyghur more recently since Tanef came back. Uh Tanev and Uyghur they get sort of the more defensive situations and they play with you know a bit a bit more of the second and third line. And then the fourth line is usually on with the third pairing. And the third pairing until Stone came back from his injury and the lines and the pairings sort of normalized a bit, until they got all their aces back, the third, third pairing was a mess. And and then, so, like, you had D Simone and Gilbert and Connor Mackey, and they're all playing with whoever the hell is healthy, and then... That sort of turned into, and then uh, in the and they're stapled
2: with tanF because that that point they're stapled with Tanev, that, that they're, point, they're stable with Tanev and
1: either. then they're never playing because the Flames, you know, the they don't want to you, you don't want to throw poor you know, Nick DeSimone to the Wolves in his first game. So you're you, you they that we're using the sixth guy a lot. So it's basically a five man defensive rotation. So if you're the fourth line, you know, you're you're playing not a lot. You're playing infrequently. And you're playing with a bunch of different guys, and there's no continuity. I get it; like it's hard to develop a five man unit with any chemistry if two, one to two of the of the five men are just sort of rotating around. I love this hand move. I'm gonna use this forever because uh, it's super creepy. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's just one of the things. So uh, I don't think Milan Lucic need to be put in an ice flow or sent to a retirement home. I still think there's a possibility they a keep him. B, he bounces back, and C, he's around next year. At a much well, it, at a much cheaper contract.
2: Well, I was gonna say, I was like the number one thing is we we've gotta start getting the bottom guys.
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds.
2: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? contract values correctly now it's no no one's fault for signing like if someone offered me 1.3 million dollars a year if, i would sign that if if you if you, right? if you if you right it's not kevin rooney's fault they offered that to him it's his agent's yeah. fault he got it for him right like no fault to oh you no, know.
1: It's no it's no one's fault it's just but you know
2: but like look at the market value of a player that's worth that much it's not 1.3 like i am sorry it's the same thing as good branson the year before now good branson worked out he should have never been paid two million dollars he was the last on it the was- line it worked out, like I'll, it worked I'll, out, I'll, and then I'll, he got paid. I'll, I'll,
1: I'll, defend the organization somewhat by just saying the different. Oh. Like, if you look at what they gave up to get Travis Hamonic, for an example, there are things that are non-offensive that they value, and they're if they think they don't have them, they are willing to spend money or picks or whatever to get those things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brian Carpenter was an example of that. Uh, good Branson. Zadorov, they gave up a third round pick to get Zadorov, and you know, up until he went on a bit of offensive heater this season, you could argue that Nikita Zadorov at three seven five was a bit steep for what he was. He's gotten yeah, better. It always was it always yeah. was, he but was too he much, you know too
2: much for the third line. If pairing you that if you spotted. don't
1: think you have something, you might be willing to overpay to get more of it, and you know, I get it. I I don't. That's not how I would spend the money, but
2: yeah, I get it. I'm I'm I'll, critical I'll, I'll of it. Be. I think I think that. Those two in back-to-back years, uh, I, that, that's a pretty big red X for me. Now I'm not. I there's more green check marks in Brad's book the infinitely than there are red X's. And, and, I, I, think, like, and not, I think like it's not. It's worth pointing out. Yeah, and I, 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 and I think with the it's, it's worth. Time.
1: Later later on, we'll we'll get in later on this season. We'll get into sort of more fulsome fulsome discussions about the things that they were doing and why, why they were doing them how they could have done it differently. But I'll just say this on, on Lucic, I think rotating them out from time to time to keep him fresh and, you know, keep him young and fresh as the, as the phrasing goes is a good idea. Uh, I think if you're looking for faces to go in uh, from the farm or from elsewhere at short notice at low cap hits, I really like Walker door Walker door as a guy in small small bites. Uh, he, he's a right shot. He can play the right wing. You can move guys around on the wings. Uh, and he's got, he's got speed. He, uh, he's, he's been on a bit of an offensive heater, but you know, I don't know if Walker door has NHL hands, but he's a great skater. He has uh, NHL warn- speed. He has good awareness. I'd also put redeems of Z- uh, redeems to Horna in that, in that spot. If you're thinking you want a, a lefty to potentially tandem with Luchich for some period of time, I, I think Zahorna he can play center he can play the wing he we, we saw him in preseason he was fine and if the idea I, is if the idea is that Lucic has been the least fine of that fine fourth line group I think giving a guy an opportunity who you know guys who don't have a lot of offensive upside but can play those those low leverage minutes and give you value I think Jordan Zahorna could be possibilities.
2: I think. I'm not against it. I, I don't like putting skilled players on the fourth line, but I mean, part of the problem is goals. We need to find more goals. And regardless of the shooting percentage heater, we lost a lot of goals at the top end of our lineup that the bottom end of the lineup hasn't been able to replicate or or fill in um, or replace. We lost a lot of goals from last year, which is the reason or prevent. we the playoffs or prevent and, and or prevent. Yes. Well, the defense is another thing. We, we'll get into that another week. There's, there's a pairing that's been not good. Um, but, you know, I I have no reason like Jacob Pelche sh- should get a shot. I don't he's defensive enough, he can easily play on the fourth line role. They did it to Andrew Mount He had this, a center here's in Garrett Bryan. You here's have Lewis. to remember that. Here's what I'm saying for that. I'm not against it.
1: If you're calling up a Pelche or a Zari or a Phillips, or eventually go back
2: down the Or eventually
1: play. a coronado. Yeah. They, if they're if they're yeah. coming in, they're not coming out. And that should be the goal. So I don't think they're there yet.
2: I I like that when the affiliate's in a different city. I agree. The affiliate's in the same city. You can call them up in a homestand, look at them. There's no travel expense. You can have them see, get a taste of the NHL midseason action, something that can help them and then send them back down. There's no real cost or rhyme or reason. And you can communicate that to the player.
1: You do that if there's an injury. You do that, like say there's injury in the top nine, like say, let's say Blake Coleman breaks his thumb. Please don't do that, Blake Coleman. You're very good at hockey. Let's just say Blake Coleman breaks his thumb, and you're like, "Okay, we got like two weeks. You need to fill a void." I think you can bring in one of those guys for two weeks and say, "Okay, here's your parameters. Here's your gig. Go do it." Uh, the thing, the thing that they did with Boncichipani is, you know, they didn't have guys who owned those spots like Boncichipani in in eight in eighteen nineteen, Dubé in nineteen twenty. Uh, other guys at different points, especially defensemen, you know, they sort of had sort of a swirling mass of guys. They didn't have a set group that they had gotten out and gone and sort of had clear roles for. And so it was kind of easy to say, Andrew Majapani, cool. You're on the fourth line. You're playing with Garner Hathaway. You're playing with Derek Ryan. Here's how you want you to play. Go do it. Very clear parameters. And if you meet those parameters, you're staying forever. And it worked that they stayed forever. Unless you have a spot that you can give to someone permanently, I don't like the idea of bringing up someone just to bring him up. If you're bringing someone up, it's going to be, it's not, it's, it's and not that's, a that's why to bring them up. It's
2: to spark some offense, but I well, mean, and that's
1: that's like, if, if the idea that's, if the I'd idea is, if the idea is to, that if the idea is that Milan Lucic is the weakest link in the forward group, and he's the easiest guy to, they took him off the power play. Cause he was the easiest guy to take off the power play. If he's the easiest guy to take out for a spell, a game or two here or there, like, say, like this week, they're playing, you know, they, they're they at a five-game homestand. They just started the five-game homestand. If the idea is, okay, two of those games, Lucic ain't playing. Who do you have on the farm who can come in for two of five and give you value? I'd say Duren or Horna are the guys. Maybe Schwint, because yeah. Schwint has done that in the past. I, I think, again, Schwint might be in the category because of how well he's playing in the A and his age. He might be one of those guys who go, ah... Uh, there's probably still some developmental upside there. You might not want to yo-yo him too much, but if you're any of the, any of the, the skill guys, I think you want to be able to put them with skill guys. And I don't think they have the ability to do that on the fourth line. They're, well, I, the amount
2: they mixed their lines up, you can easily mix and match. You I, it's just, it's just, it's just frustrating. It's just frustrating that the one thing that you said that I completely disagree with is designated spots. No spot in the NHL should ever be designated. It is they the top life, league in the planet. When, when, is, if you, I don't care when, when about you, you. You,
1: you I personally, don't. you personally on this podcast have said the thing you like about Daryl Sutter is that he doesn't roll four lines. He uses the four mm-hmm. lines in very specific ways. Granted, that was last year with a different group. If Daryl's going to make that yeah. distinction, we need to make that distinction too. So, yeah, he the... does
2: use them. He does use them and they uses them in different ways, which is why I suggested Pelche, not Phillips, because I don't think Matt Phillips can go on a fourth line and, and do that job. I don't know. If Pel- do I don't that.
1: know if Pelche can either. I'm pretty sure like, Door can no one, do it real well. No one will well.
2: ever know until he actually gets a shot. You can say all you want about all the AHL scouting until you actually give him a chance in an NHL lineup anywhere, you're not gonna have an actual gauge of where he's gonna well, be.
1: I'll I'll say this. Period. Let's just let's just call a spade a spade here. The acquisition cost for Zahorna and for Walker Door was nothing. They paid the waiver fee for redeem zahorna. So like they, they scouted Door, they recruited Door, they really like Door. But if Door doesn't work out, it's not like they're gonna be like Oh no, we gotta revamp everything because he's he's a free player. Same with same with Zahorna. You got him off waivers, you go, oh, okay, doesn't work, send down. Like they could have lost him on waivers. They like that was the risk they they played and it worked out and they still have them. But so if you if the idea is you want to try out something and you just you're like, what's the lowest risk thing you can do during Zahorna? If they work, great, they work. If they don't work, Oh, you still got Lucci. You still got all your guys.
2: And they've got 30 days in the roster before you can send them down. The
1: I, I would say the risk of throwing Pelche into a less favorable role. Like the fourth line is a lesser impact role. It can be because of how the because of how the team has been constructed. Uh, the the 2019 fourth line was very impactful because they were awesome and they earned more ice time than a lot of fourth lines could. Uh, it's probably the best fourth line that Flames have had in the last 10, 12 years. So I it for an organization See, that's been risk-averse because they think they can win a championship and because they want to have these guys waiting in their wings to be, like, say, like, Pat, Pat and I on, went, on Tuesday on Flames Talk had a, a long conversation about contracts. We talked about in two, year, in two years, they have two big contracts coming up. They have, uh, you know, uh, Noah Hannafin, who's going to need a big raise, probably he's going to get uh, something like, I know
2: got, something like weaker god.
1: Okay, yeah, he'll get close to he'll get weaker esque money and yeah. then Elias Lundholm, will be making probably north of 8.
2: Because he, I look at what Rupe hints just got. Like look yeah, at he'll Rupe be Hintz just I think. I think that. you're looking at that, eight, by 8. That's probably so if you are because if, he's not going to get 40 again this year. If
1: you're the Calgary Flames, your entire ongoing success given the structure of the team and given the age of your key players and given the cap situation that they're in, that they put themselves in, for the cap situation that they're in, you're almost relying on your ability to turn Connor Zary and probably Cole Schwint, possibly Phillips if he's still around. I think, I hope he's still around because he's very well, he's good. He's still an RFA. So, uh, like, we can still have him next no, year. Oh, no. oh, he'll be oh. Group six.
2: Oh, no not of games.
1: Jacob Pelche, like, especially like if you're looking for guys who can 200 foot guys, Pelche is your guy. If you want guys, you can play higher up the rotation and create a bit more offense. There's a Zeri. Schwint is sort of a good utility guy. That's how he projects. He's sort of, he feels both he and both he and uh, I'd say, I would say Pelche projects as sort of a fro leaky winger. I think because he can play center, Schwint is sort of more of your Paul Byrony utility guy who can sort of, he can be your your filler guy and play at a high level potentially. But I just... the the the, flame, the the success of the Flames beyond this season and especially beyond two seasons from now when they have to make some big financial commitments to some key players, you need to, the, the your ongoing success in a cap system is incumbent on your ability to draft guys, develop guys, and slide them into your roster at times when you need them to and figure out ways to Get value from inexpensive players, and you know you can. We, we saw this during the bubble year where they went down sort of the, the the you know the the league minimum bargain bin and tried guys out. Josh Levo didn't really fit. A bunch of guys didn't really fit. Dominic Simone didn't really fit. And the idea is you you use your you use your Levos and your Simones and your Louis demings because you don't really have the you haven't developed your guys yet the, you're you not going to throw prospect
2: pool you you're didn't. not
1: going to throw if you think you're going to championship it's really difficult to throw a 20 year old kid in there uh it mm-hmm. really worked with theo Fleury in 80 88 and 9 because theo Fleury was like uh, he was it was just he, theo Fleury was the right guy with the right playing style and he found the right teammates and granted you know, the 1980s were complete were a lot a lot more different it was sort of you know it's the run and gun era it was you know you had you know no guys weren't built like goddamn is playing in, in the yeah. nhl like you could if you could you could have a five six guy and man, he played with mark hunter and uh and tim hunter at times uh no relation but he was playing with guys that had some beef but it could also play a smart 200 foot game so it gave flurry the ability to do that within the confines of how the game was played at that point point. and also at that point you know they didn't really call a lot of weird penalties so flurry could too had a guy and, and get away with it often and, that he of <laughs> and he did and he did a lot of guys, you can't do the the, the game has changed. So you can't really do that right now. But, my, my, but this is my my long my long point. My long point is, the Flames probably don't feel. And I don't want to. I don't speak for the organization. I'm just speak, speaking based on the conversation I've had. If you're the Flames, you're probably feeling something like this. If you try out Zahorna or Door or one of those lower level guys, like one of your checkers from the AHL in the NHL. And it works great. you got somebody you can bring up in the playoffs and you can rotate it in and you're going to probably need him in the playoffs, but you probably don't want to be, oh, let's just try things out with your three or four best prospects. We, we've, we're, we'll we probably get into this later as we get closer to the spring and, Cor- and Coronado watch heats up, but Matt Coronado is the type of player that you want to figure out a way to get him to be Matt Coronado at the NHL level as soon as you can. Because he can score goals and he'll build well, an entry level contract.
2: That nobody on that team has. Other than Lincoln. yeah, he's got
1: so uh, maybe Toffoli. Toffoli has a good shot too, but
2: Difference, but uh, yeah. but in
1: terms of guy right shot forwards who can play center and wing who can get in there. And the only question mark I had for Coronado is okay, he's you know he's he's got some beefy on he's got a a beefy lower body. He's sort of. Built built kind of squats, so he's he's five ten, but he doesn't play five ten. He plays a little bit bigger than that. So, and he can play center, so you don't really need to necessarily worry about his two way play. And you know he's been playing against grown ass men to a certain extent in a, in a, in a low scoring conference. So he's put up good numbers in that in the context of where he's playing. But for him, for Pelche, for, for Zari, for a couple other guys, you don't want to fuck around with their development. If you pardon my French, you want to say. Here's our plan like and this has probably been communicated to them. They've probably sat down with the guys and say, this is our plan, this is how it looks. this is where we want you to be at point X, Y, and Z to get you into the NHL and to keep you in the NHL. And I think the uh, if – I'd say if you look at how the Flames did it with Rasmus Anderson, I think that's the best way, where Anderson, the first few times he came up, he came up as sort of a an injury replacement. Somebody, somebody wasn't playing well. Somebody was hurt. Somebody was this. They had very clear confines for, hey, Rasmus, you're here for this period of time, and here's what you want you to do. And then at the end of that period, it's easy to evaluate. If the idea is, you know, if the idea is that, oh, the team needs a spark, the team's not playing well, and you don't bring up – you bring up the kid – you really need to bring them up within a really specific confines. Like that's why I'm saying, like, you know, the what success looks like for Door or or Zahorna as a an, a an understudy to Lucic is one thing. But if you go to okay, let's like you know, let's just say you do break Matthew Phillips and the the shooting percentage heater doesn't happen yet. Let's say you go three weeks without the shooting percentage heater. That's what
2: I'm saying? Like, like you need something to spark the shooting percentage here. (laughs) No, here's the thing. This would be the time to do it. Like, and, and, and a homestand. Yeah. Well, no, no, not just that, but like we, I talked about the difficult schedule they just went through in October or November. Sorry. December sees them play like 10 of 15 games against non-playoff teams like and like significantly non-playoff teams like i'm not counting bubble teams like st louis i I count st louis as good and minnesota still is good i'm talking montreal vancouver san jose la or not la anaheim like like there's games lots of them 10 of them coming up in december we we, got to remember the schedule's been so difficult so far and I, i i always tend to forget that a little bit but yeah, I'm just, I'm just embarrassed. It's been five years since they graduated a prospect they drafted. It, it's starting to get a little bit embarrassing. And uh, I get you could we have plans okay, and this who, and that. Uh, who who but, are they?
1: Who are they supposed to have graduated?
2: Well, I mean, the next ones like Rozitska was the one that's the five years old, but yeah, I mean, and, and
1: Ruzicka was from the twenty the 2017 draft class where they also had a, a Valimaki, and they try they tried they, they did a lot of stuff with Valimaki. I don't love how. Like Valamack, could have spent Ew. all of last year in the A, but I can see why they wanted to keep him up. I wouldn't have done it, but I can see why they w- would want to. But if you look at the like 2018, they had no first. They had no second, they had no third no, they the, 2018 was draft 2018 was pretty much a wash off. was like, a wash. 2019 was bad.
2: 2019.
1: is in his second year. And Pelche was really was freaking pro. good last year. Second year pro. Yeah. He's really freaking I thought, good. Bro. I really like Pelche's progression. I think this is the year he'd tip his toe in and see how he does. And if you have the opportunity to do it, he's the kind of guy that you know if you're if you if you're home and cooled you're close to it uh, in the last two weeks of the season, you reward this it, is but again, I don't you need to have a clear developmental plan for these guys. I think I based on him being waiver exempt for one more year and being really freaking good at hockey, I think again, hopefully hopefully it's not cart for the horse. Peltier seems like the easiest guy you could slot in your system for for next year.
2: Well, if for you next, don't... Well, yeah, and 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 but like, like Zari, and when you look at the contracts, like it'd be Pelche. Pelche would be my number one pick easily. Like he's the guy from the twenty nineteen draft, was it? Yes, twenty nineteen yeah. draft. Yeah. Uh Like like he, the left wing, he's uh, point over point per game this year, I believe. Like like, uh, but just not just that. Like just solidly impacting the game every shift. Like he's noticeably driving play on the ice against top level competition in the A. Like he's been very well. And this is like, I, I just, I'm not saying right now. I just want to see him at some point and I want to see him yeah. for an ex, a little bit of an extended stretch and everyone might go, well, no, we're trying to win. We're trying to, I'm like, you're trying to also win next year as well. And I, okay. That's my thing. They've put
1: together in their minds, a team for this year that gives them the best chance to win the NHL level. Good, fine. Good. You can argue with, with how they've done it. And I think we will, cause that's what we get paid money to do. Uh, for fun and profit, uh, but yeah, I think they put they put together a group of twenty-ish guys. That they think they give the best chance to win this year based on based under the you know the confines of the salary cap. But developmentally, their goal has to be to get as many of the guys from the from the Wranglers roster, specifically those key guys, into a situation where they can be part of the a team that helps to win next year. And I think th- I think they're on that on their way, but I I'm like you. I I like their developmental system to a point, but I also I think the challenge is it's hard to evaluate it without seeing these types of guys come in at some point. Like, like you know how we, you know how you you know have how... to
2: see them against NHL mid season NHL competition. You know, to yeah, and,
1: and that's like we we saw Dubay progress, and you could judge Dubay's progression from the mm-hmm. AHL onward by seeing Dubay come in mid season and play against guys and with Montepani yeah. and so on and so forth. So.
2: Yeah, like you're, I, you're not like you're coming in, engaging them, and rolling them out every single line match against Sidney Crosby. It's, all right, we're going to put you with uh, whether you could drop Dubé down. He's perform other than until, uh, until the Florida game, his performance hasn't been at, very at well. At a
1: certain point, you need to be able to be comfortable throwing them out there. So there's going to be a point where, like, until, into, as long as Crosby or McDavid's in the league, there's going to be, you're going to have to figure out a way to get your kids to a point where you could put jacob pelche out on the ice against Connor mcdavid and you're not gonna pee your pants going oh yeah this is gonna go poorly
2: see they already that's, do that whenever the, goal the fourth lines on the ice against him like i already am yeah. currently doing that whenever our fourth line goes out over the boards against a player like that so right like and and that regularly happens it's not yeah. like it's a but yeah it's I, not I, like it's I, a random occurrence the
1: the goal for the goal for player development is to pass the pee pants test
2: yeah well, and Manch and, did that, right? Manj had Manch is lucky. He had Derek Ryan. Derek Ryan yeah. and, was Ed Hathaway. Hath- Hathaway's the Hathaway's a good hockey. Player. And ha- yeah, I don't want to really dis- He's a genuine NHL penalty killer extraordinaire. Right now, we got Trevor Lewis, which is kind of like I'm like, okay, well, if you want to dredge on that line, you could do that.
1: Trevor Trevor Lewis is what Gardner Hathaway is going to be in ten years. Eight years. I've, I forget how old they both are. Trevor Lewis is 36 and Hathaway, and is I think like it's 30 or
2: 29. Something like that. He's 30.
1: He went, he was UfH. Cause he
2: joined us when he was like 25. Like, like, so you gotta remember he joined the league late.
1: Yeah. But he's been, he's been in Washington for a few years.
2: Three years If only, now if now.
1: only we had some sort of a magic oh. thing that tells us how old Garrett Hathaway is. Thanks internet. Garrett Hathaway is 31. He just turned 31. Happy go. birthday. Uh, two uh, last week. Garn Hathaway, 31 years old. Yeah, but that's that's the idea. You wanna you wanna be able to get your guys to the point where like Garnet Hathaway's upside was what Garner Hathaway is right now. So that's that's why if 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 anyone is in our, in on you know listening to this later and on Twitter going, Ryan, redeems a horna. Are you freaking kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you, because I think... Reza I see Zohorna, your logic. Like, here's the thing. Left- I like, see
2: your logic. I'm trying to be devil's advocate here. I'm trying to be like, all right, I want goals. And I don't... And, and that should be... I, the, the, yeah, I understand I, I the think, value I think, of the Zohorna and the think, on the bottom line. I think Durer
1: and Zohorna would give you enough that you're yeah, probably you're probably allowing fewer goals. Maybe you're scoring more, but you're probably allowing fewer. I think the floor for those guys and the ceiling for those guys is probably both fourth line.
2: And, and like I said, I see your logic. I, I get it. I I want more. I'm greedy. I want more. I want goals. But I get it. And I wouldn't be again. Get- like, if that were to happen, I'd be, like, still positive there's some sort of change happening. They're right. doing something. And they're showing the people on the roster that the performance to date has not been where we needed to be. So we had to get somewhere It, cre- it
1: creates a bit of competition, which I think they because yeah. Plus, like, I, I, I'm not going to sewer Kevin Rooney, but I I the way I would phrase it is, I don't think Kevin Rooney has done enough to make that fourth line group competitive in terms of, I don't think he's making nope. the other three guys on, on that group look over their shoulder, worrying about their ice time.
2: So well, if there's someone he, you
1: can bring in to do that.
2: But to, not only has he been scratched five or six games, take another two out of it because he only played half of them, you know, scratched in yeah. game. So, so like that alone is like, okay, you're a fillin. but, and, and before the season started, you got to remember his career high in games played was 55. Like he's never played a full season. And we're seeing why because it's in wildly inconsistent, so
1: that happens but I mean I mean we
2: all we, we kind of got off our, our Lucic thing, but like moral of the story derived roll all the way back to Milan is he you know we there's no dispute about his uh his presence in the room we're not no one's ever debated that or discussed that, but his on ice presence has dropped and, and and seeing him sit and rest for a game or two would not be a bad idea.
1: Yeah it's you know Milan Lucic if you're listening we don't we think you're you, a bad Luke. we, we do you. think you're a bad hockey player it's about maximizing your effectiveness as much as you can so that say when they're playing in into mid and late April you got something in the tank and you can be a positive contributor. Shane, let's go to the let's quickly go to our organic betting discussion brought to you by Betway.
2: Uh, you had some picks this week because I so had yeah, some Sh- tests, Sh- right? Or yeah, worse,
1: Sh- Sh- Shane, Shane had other commitments in the last two weeks, so we'll go through this very quickly. Uh, the win, the loss in Tampa Bay, uh, Shane did those picks, he won two out of three. Uh, he the over five and a half total goals, they only scored five goals. So, sorry, Shane, you didn't get the full sweep. Uh, the shootout win in Florida, he got, again, two out of three. So, much like meatloaf, two the out of The, eight Matthew, eight, 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 the
2: Matthew Kachuk anytime goal scorer, I was like, you you told me to go with your gut on one, so I did. And it was Matthew Kachuk scoring a goal, and sure as hell, guess what happens? <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh Wash the Pittsburgh or the Philadelphia win, uh he went over. So poor Shane, his uh there's no power play goals, no Toffoli points and no Lindholm points at but yeah. the times won. So I guess that's the one thing, but he he tacked on the Lindholm anytime point onto that.
2: Yeah, uh, against the Philly roster, that uh, Ruzichka that was right when Ruzichka Lindholm to Foley just had, like had two games of like a heater, and he's and like was like
1: good times last forever, and then they did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the shootout loss to Pittsburgh, zero for three. Uh, it's close they, on all of them. Though. I I did the picks in the Washington game. I got I got a Ovechkin anytime goal because he's Ovechkin and. Of More course. often than not, based on history, if you just bet Ovechkin any time goal, he'll do something. Uh, that's the only one of the three guys
2: That actually brings up organic betting thing. The first time my girlfriend ever placed a bet on Betway was a boosted thing, and it was Austin Matthews and Alex Ovechkin to score tonight. And this was last season. And she asked, she's like, is that a good idea? And I said, "I whatever you're thinking of betting on that bet double because the, the, the like, i'm best, pretty
1: sure that the two that's best goal happen. scorer is the most consistent goal scorers in the league yeah, never a bad so, bet
2: uh, so yeah
1: I, I did i also did the carolina picks uh, i got i went under five and a half goals because i figured uh two teams playing their third and four it's gonna be some sloppy hockey not a lot of offense i was right I I was I was like you I was sweating for a little bit at the when it was <laughs> three two I'm like please no one else score no more goals uh, and more then go. uh, Shane returned and uh, he got one out of three in the Florida game here's uh, here's the, here's the so I Shane, was
2: baffled that they didn't get anywhere close to those shots for Shane,
1: they got three off Shane Shane's a big fan of the uh, the shot props so he went he went to, or he went Huberdo to get a point to get an assist and he did a really nice assist that's why Shane's so in love with that assist because. It, it it got his his bet. Uh, he got his picks. It's
2: better odds. It's better odds than just the point, and it's more because they hand out two per goal. Way more likely. So yeah. Uh,
1: the other one. The other the other one was Kachuk two plus points. No. Uh. And he also went Panthers thirty six shots or more. They got thirty
2: three. I was not thinking uh, halfway through the second. I'm like, yeah, that's not hitting because the shots were like twenty two to fifteen, and I'm like, yeah, no, that's that's not gonna hit. Um. But then I will throw out. 15 minutes before game time, I realized they were wearing Blasty, and I was like, Dubé is going to score. I said that outright. I was like, there's no doubt in my mind if they put that horse jersey on, the first person to score is going to be fucking Dubé. And I laughed. I cry laughed. Ooh, 233 in when he freaking backhands that in. I'm like, of course. And then I was about to tweet. I'm like, OK, the only other people that need to score today are Anderson and Pani, because they're the guys I deem the Blasty bros. And sure as hit it at the end of the game. I never tweeted that. I just said that to my co-workers. Oh yeah,
1: only. yeah, yeah. The, you have no proof that this happened. We'll take. Hey, your word I've for called it them Blasty
2: Boys, boys we'll forever. They'll we'll take Moutine. your
1: word for it, Shane. That you, but called I this. have,
2: I have the Dubé one in writing, so I can claim that one hands down.
1: All right, that's fair. Uh, we'll skip the illustrated mailbag this week because we do. We we decided to. Uh, Oh yeah. we're not very organized that's why <laughs> uh, we'll get back into the, the mailbag next episode uh coming up this week for the Calgary Flames they have four games uh this week they basically play every second day uh they they host the Montreal Canadiens on Thursday night they host Washington to close out that season series on Saturday night they host the Arizona Coyotes on Monday and uh for those of you going man Let's let's talk about how potentially boring a hockey game could be. And this is no disrespect to the current Minnesota Wild, but a Wednesday night game in December between the Calgary Flames, and the Minnesota Wild, has a recipe for low event hockey because they are two teams that play very structured. Uh, Minnesota isn't quite at their Jacques Lemaire, uh, so in terms Nedir. They're way of, more fun. They're, they're way much more fun. More fun. Right they're a fun team. So that's I know if you're if you're thinking if you're looking at like a lot of folks are going. Uh, Wednesday night against Minnesota. I don't know. It's going to be decent. Karil Minnesota is fun.
2: legit, folks. Karil Kaprizov is legit, and Matt Boldy scores every other game. So if you want to watch some entertaining young players, uh, it, it's not the Andrew Brunette's, Brian Rolston, Marion Gabrick, Minnesota they're, Wild of nobody's, the Nobody's thousands.
1: They're not gonna be trapping, is is our point. No, it's it's gonna be fun. We fun We game. hope we hope not. Uh knock on wood. That's not a guarantee. Flames Nation Radio is not liable if the Minnesota yeah. Wild Calgary Flames game ends up. Uh, if it ends being one nothing without win,
2: the goalies voodoo.
1: Depending on the goalies, maybe take the under in that game though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that'll that'll do it for us. Uh, flames Nation Radio is brought to you by DoorDash and Eau Claire Distillery. Haggard's Rupert's Whiskey, official whiskey the carry flames. Please, 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 please uh, re- review the podcast wherever you get it because we like reviews and uh, the more reviews you get, we hire, we show up in search engine results, and we we want that. Please, uh, also please uh, follow us along on the Flames Nation YouTube. Uh, like, subscribe our videos, uh, comment on the videos, and if you go and subscribe to the Flames Nation youtube page uh you can catch all our fun oh, stuff yeah. we're, gra- yep. we're, we're gradually populating that uh stuff will probably start migrating over to the flames Nation page reasonably soon uh so for the time being stuff's going to be on the nation network page but for those of you going but i don't want to listen to weather station radio well please stop using that tone of voice with us I just like the falsetto voice. Uh, That's how everyone sounds in my head when they're complaining about Oilers Nation Radio. It's, 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 they're fine. Just let
2: Tyler, just let Tyler scream into the void, folks. It's okay. Oilers Nation
1: Radio is fine. It's just people in Calgary don't care about the Oilers as much as the Oilers Nation people think everyone cares about the Oilers. Which is a lot, apparently. Uh, so yeah, we'll uh, eventually everything will be moved over there. But please, so you're in on the ground floor. Please subscribe to the Flame Station YouTube channel. It'll make Princey happy. When Princey got back on his vacation, he saw how many subscriptions we got, and his face lit up. I assume he didn't send me a photo or anything, but I'm assuming
2: we just presume. We presume,
1: but be nice to Princey. Subscribe to everything. We will be back in a week. Uh, the flame, I believe, the Flames play on a Wednesday next week, uh, so we'll probably record. I'm thinking we'll record on Tuesday. We'll see.
2: Yeah. I'm, be- I'm school's almost done, bud. We're good. <laughs> yeah, we'll
1: figure it out. But you'll get there'll be another edition of PlayStation Station Radio coming at you next week. So for Shane, I'm Ryan. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you in a week.